the delineation, the silo thing doesn't work anymore. So um, I think that's such a good point that you make. And I think EM has to become a primary thought, right? Including electromagnetic extractions as part of your design process, whether it's pre or post layout has to be there before you sign off. And if you don't, how do you know your you answer is right? You don't. You have no how idea do you know your if your design right is and, good enough. None. Right. And then once you go to do compliance or put it in the field, Lord knows what's going to happen. You know. And that's just one so. piece, right? To be, if you look at my other paper that I did at DesignCon this year, it's even mm-hmm. harder to be a, a systems guy to do this sort of modeling, right? So I did a, I built full PowerAware SI models for a DDR4 3200 system using the new Xilinx uh, Versal platform, the VCK190. And so mm-hmm. we did full measurement correlation where we had an interposer instrumented on a DIM and measured those, those data bits and correlated that to a full system model in ADS. And what we found is that those some models on the packaging side, specifically on the Versal and on the Micron package side, were wrong. We had to compensate mm-hmm. for those to adjust just to get correlation. And here's the challenge, right? If you're young, young Joe engineer, how do you know? You don't. And that's just one piece of that puzzle. A paper I did with Heidi and Steve last year at EDICon we talked uh-huh. about the the partial inductance in capacitors, right? And this was a great panel that they put on at DesignCon this year where they brought in a bunch of folks to talk about how are capacitor models being created. And it's known now in more circles, but it's still not where it needs to be because you don't know what you're getting from these vendors. But we just blindly trust these spice or touchstone models that we get. And what you find is that if you pull these models into your workspace and you actually measure that capacitance, you're going to see that or you measure the impedance of that capacitor and you pull that model in and you overlay, you're going to see you have a big difference in inductance. And what that means is these vendors aren't de-embedding them out. So there's additional wow. inductance in your model that really isn't there in real life. And what makes it oh. worse is these EM simulators are already counting that path inductance for that package. And so what that means is you just double counted it twice. Oh dear. And so you as an engineer, you just did an EM extraction and then you bolted on these cap models from the vendor that you just pulled down from their website and you just double counted that inductance and you think you have an impedance peak here in your PDN, but in actuality, you probably don't, but you just have more inductance in your simulated model than you really have. Unless you did a measurement correlation or you did a, uh, you actually measured those cap models and made your own that you can trust, you would have no idea. And so you would think the the right thing to do is to make a measurement, but what most designers are going to do is they're just going to take the standard approach and they're just going to put a brick house approach on it and over-design and try to squash that peak. Well, now you have an anti-residence that do you really need to do that? Because that's not the right way either. And so it's hard to be a systems engineer. You have to know how to measure, simulate, you have to know how to bring it all together. It's not easy. Okay. So let's give people who are listening some hope here because it is really hard and I honestly can't even imagine it. Um, And I remember, you know, I've said this a few times, but it was one of those, you know, brain explosion moments where Steve Sandler was talking about way back when, when he was modeling the international space station and he had 
I don't know, pages and pages yeah. of documentations. And he said on every page, he had a rubber stamp that says does not include board effects. And he says today it's all board effects. Yep. And I'm like, the lowly little circuit board over here where I am, the little green squares. And I'm like, what, how did that happen? So again, giving our audience some hope here, you know, not everyone's going to go fly planes and get this systems-based approach or have access to mentors. Where, how do they start um, getting situational awareness? That's good for a military guy, right? Like, sure. yeah. how do people onboard a more systems-based approach? And like, how can we, you know, I'm going to put links to all of that. But how do they onboard that? I mean, is that a trick there's, question? Not, there's not a good answer here, right? So if folks that are doing PCB design for power integrity or signal integrity, if they're not including EM, they're wrong, right? Okay. You know, the board effects, and I'll caveat that and say, when you get up well over to a gigahertz, that mm -hmm. really starts playing into effect. But we're talking about power integrity where I have a switcher that's 500 kilohertz. And the whole dynamic of that switcher changes at just by adding the board effects. I have a resonance that occurs that you don't see, right, on a design that I didn't do, but somebody else that you don't see unless you add in the board effects. And so we're talking now less than a gigahertz from a power perspective. So, and what Steve likes to teach, which I really appreciate, is that, okay, you're an RF guy. Do you think the RF guys are going to care about that, that noise that you just created, right? But Steve was making a joke the other day. He's like, you should ask the designer of this board. It's like, um, do you have the, a better board than this one? Or did you did you mean to give me that one megahertz resonance for free? <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, the answer is obviously no, right? I'm being facetious, but still right. I, that's the point. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. And if you don't include these parasitics, you either have to create a measurement, right? So if you don't, if you don't have mm -hmm. the time or money to do any extraction, you can make a measurement and you can pull that into most of these system simulators and do that. So there are ways to create these without, you know, having all the tools. Folks like Eric do a great job of doing this, right? Eric Bogdan, yeah. this is one of the things he spends lots of time on with showing folks lower end solutions. Um, not everybody can afford ADS, although it is, in my opinion, still the best system simulation tool that you can get. And there's so much power under the hood. It seems daunting, but once people figure it out, they realize, wow, this is awesome. And so you have folks like Steve Sandler where he's at PicoTest and he's making uh, great accessories and probing solutions to use with equipment like the Bodhi 100, right? Things that right. Uh, the Bodhi 100, it's a what, six, $7,000 VNA. And so you right. know what you can do with that? You can do PSRR measurements, you can do output impedance measurements. I actually was just making a measurement on the Bodhi 100 uh, using some of Steve's injectors the other day, and I was able to measure successfully well below 10 microohms, down to the four microohm point. And I had to make my own dots to validate that. But these are things that you can do with equipment that doesn't cost $100,000 or software licenses that cost $100,000. So there are ways out there that goes back to it just takes a little bit of grit, right? A little tenacity. And you kind of have to know where to look. And I think the people that's the thing is yes. like where to look people are I'm doing that 
right? So Steve right. puts the stuff on his website. I know Eric Bogerton does a good job of putting these things out there in the SIJ. I have my own personal website, right? Signal, signal where I host a lot of these resources because there are guys like Larry Smith, Steve Sandler, Eric Bogerton, uh, Lee Ritchie, Ken Wyatt, Heidi Barnes, tons of these great minds out there that have been doing this stuff forever. And there's all these resources, but not everybody knows who Lee is. Not everybody knows who Ken Wyatt is or Steve. Right. You'd be surprised, but still I find people who don't know all these people. And so yeah. I'm trying to pull this together that just puts pointers to these other people's work because yes. this is amazing, right? And what, what are we going to do when these guys retire, right? These guys have all this knowledge. So I know. It's, it's, I know. Yeah, there's so much to get from them. Well, one, a couple things that I want to add to your thoughts there, and it's true. Um, this is the whole vision. This is why I get out of bed in the morning is to, to plug those holes and talk to people like you and all the experts you mentioned. But um, so one thing I want to do is um, plug people in. And again, shameless plug, but, you know, I'm not really getting out of it anything except, you know, giving you a place to live, right? So at the ecosystem, I'm building an online community where you can interact with all the people Ben has mentioned, plus Ben, you know, and create a community where, you know, I don't even know what platform I'm going to do it on yet. Maybe just Discord for now until I figure out something better. Discord's cool. I like Discord. Discord's cool, right? And we can host videos with yeah. Q&A and stuff like that. So come over to thedoubleecosystem.com, sign up. And um, Eric negotiated a 90-day um, free subscription to all of his 200-plus hours um, to um, signal integrity training. So that's available. Um, yeah, who else did great. you mention? Oh, and then Steve Sandler. Um, well, I met, I talked to Robert Ferranic. So I think what Robert Ferranic is building is going to be one of the key places we can host this. So Steve Sandler has recorded 12 weeks and it's paid training, but it's a bargain. You know, you get to onboard the mind of Steve Sandler well, with his plus forty-five Steve shows years. Shows you how to do the measurements, right? He's showing shows you how you to do everything. And you can, if you want, you can go buy his kits, and then you can be there watching the video on demand. Yes, working with so with him yes. like he's there in the room and learning. Yeah, self-paced. It's awesome. So I'm gonna put the links there for our listeners because you know again i'm always mm -hmm. looking where do you go get it and of course so um go get eric's stuff sign up for the community so you can start interacting with all mm -hmm. these experts there's they are so available you know i think you and i have this in common ben it's like we just walked up and it's like hey lee richie yeah. you know we just and some people like "Ooh, there's yeah, right? or whatever like <laughs> there are rock stars but we don't know that they're so eager right. steve gave a shout out in his podcast he's like hey if anybody wants a, me a mentor i'm like Steve, what are you doing? <laughs> well, you that's know, actually but... funny, right? That's how I kind of met Steve, right? I I, I read, I, I forget what I was reading, one of his books or something. So I had a question. So I just emailed him and then we just started going back and forth and kept going and a kinship started forming. It's the same with yeah. me, right? I mean, 
we just started talking and Lee, most people don't know, he has a prior Air Force background. So there was already a kind of a natural kinship because of that military Absolutely. sort of brotherhood. Yeah. And Lee is easy to talk to. Bert's no different. Bert is like one of the nicest guys. I mean, you can just email Bert and he will take time out of his day to help anybody. He just loves to share knowledge. Most of these guys are all the same. And so I hope one day I can pay it forward just like they are. That's Oh, you definitely will. I got my eyes on you, buddy. <laughs> you know, I'm just building the bridges. I'm if if I were an electronics device, I'd be a connector. There you go. You know. <laughs> so, I'm doing that, building that as fast as I can. Um so anyways, for our audience, I'm going to put as much of this stuff in the in the links below and please comment if you have any places that you have found really useful benefit mention it in the comments either on youtube or on the podcast app apple Podcasts, wherever it is mark it and we'll raise it and we'll add it um so the rest of the community we can all together bring all these resources together um what you need to find out is if eric bobbington sleeps I still think he doesn't I don't sleep. believe so. I, I think... I don't know no. how he does it. He, he writes a book, publishes it. Then he has another book right behind it. <laughs> and he, just for giggles, he publishes science fiction novels because yeah. that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I told him he's the most productive guy and he never looks like he breaks a sweat. I don't get it. And I'm over here like, <gasps> you know, uh, doing a fraction. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't get it. How, I don't think he sleeps. How? I don't think he sleeps. I, I don't know, whatever. God gave him an extra <laughs> dose of something, something, because I, I agree with you. So anyways, all those resources are available to you. I'm going to keep throwing them in and then add your own. That's the point of this whole community vision of the ecosystem, right, is to help clear up those places where there's existing delineations and they don't really exist. So um, and then, of course, Signal Integrity Journal. There's a free subscription. All these guys. So what do you do for Signal Integrity Journal? I know you've published. Are they articles? Are you on the, what do they call it? The editorial staff? No, like, what no, are you doing? I, I'm not. Um, maybe one day, who knows? But um, no, I just write. It's a great, I find, if you think about where to publish things related to SIPI, there's IEEE or SIJ, in my opinion. And I really just love the people that are there in the community. I found when I, I've always been doing SIPI in some capacity, right? You start off as a young engineer, mm-hmm. you're doing some simulation modeling. It just mm-hmm. evolved into a, maybe I'm doing more of a deeper uh, instead of a wider approach, right? And so when I wanted to immerse myself even more after even just remember going to DesignCon for the first time, I realized this community is just like, if it's very tribal. That's how somebody described it. And I yeah. love that word. And even though it's niche, it's so tribal and everybody's like, yeah, come on in. You want to work? Let's let's work together. Let's do something. Let's have fun. Everybody just wants to learn and yes. share. And I love that. So if you look at the folks at the SIJ and the folks that are on the EAB, like Steve Sandler, Jason Ellison, Steven Slater, Eric Bogatin, Bert Samanovich, I'm sure there's a there's a bunch more people I'm missing. Oh, Istvan Novak. Uh, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean. Come on. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's more guys on there. But yeah, you could just go to the website and see it. And those guys are all just so easy going. You just, you can approach any of them, whether at a coffee shop, via email, or pick up the phone and call them, or even at a conference and 
ask them a question and they're going to take time out of the day to help you, which is awesome. I know. And I agree with you. And I've known because I wrote a guest blog on microwave journal, which is the dumbest little, like, what did I ever write? But because I was writing about boards and like, here's what you need to know from like a DFM standpoint, it was really popular because of these very things that you're talking about. And who knew, like I felt so outstripped, but as you mentioned, the I've stayed friends with the Horizon House folks for all these years. And fast forward, you know, here they are a sponsor on the podcast. We're working together. And it's that mix of technical rigor and humanity, yeah. right? That it's it's rare. Yeah. And I love it. And so, yeah. again, go subscribe to SIJ. And it's peer reviewed yeah. by Smarty Pants people like. Did I just really say smarty pants? Like Eric Bogatin, Isvan Novak, you know, um, these guys that are wicked smart. And and then pulling in people like Ben Dannon, who are feet on the, you know, doing it in the in the practical way. Did we really cover, I feel like I knew this was not going to be a short podcast. <laughs> did we cover adequately the paper you did on the DD? We didn't really talk about the oh, um, DDR4. A little, bit. Um, a little. Was so there much. anything else you wanted to mention before? No, it's I... on the SIJ and it's also on my website. And it's um, if you download the DesignCon um, publications from 2022, you can also get it there. Talk about the just real quick before we jump off that subject. The number of nets, the, the, oh, what you were trying to accomplish DDR4? there. That, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a. I have a passion for memory modeling, right? That's actually what I'm working on now for next year at DesignCon. I'm working on a boot camp with uh, a bunch of folks from Keysight, like Kisubi, Randy White, Saeed Savant, and uh, Herbert Ruckerbauer. So we're looking at putting together a boot camp to show people how to do memory design from measurement to modeling. Because it's, it's becoming, I think, what I see even at Northrop is that folks are look at memory like ddr4 uh and ddr5 even they say oh I, I, i'm not a not a memory guy that's that stuff's like it's hard i don't, I don't want to do it and really there's not a lot of complexity to it from a high level you dive in yeah there are there eaches with each architecture and rules you need to follow but a lot of the same rules you apply from a certainty's perspective are very similar to a ddr perspective or any sort of memory architecture it's a transmission line, right? You want to get, take a signal from point A to point B. What are you thinking about? I think the other challenges you have with DDR, which is why I'm so fascinated by it, is that it's a parallel single-ended bus, right? And so if you have a, you know, a single, um, a single DIM that has ECC, you're talking about nine byte lanes, right? For DDR4 today. And so nine byte lanes. Well, if you include strobe, for each of those byte lanes and each of the DQ and the CAC nets and the clock, you're well into the 100, 100 plus nets. And so to do all the modeling for that, to make sure it's right, it's not easy, but there are tools out there to allow you to do that. And that's what's fascinating, right? Because there are so many things that can go wrong. And I think that's why people are afraid of it. Yeah, that would... Well, whatever. It doesn't take much to overwhelm me from an engineering perspective, but just those numbers. It's like you can see why people would be like, yeah, I don't want to do that. 
right? Leave that to somebody else. Oh, well, um, that's what I'm hoping to change, right? Um, maybe, right. maybe Hisu, Randy, Herman, and I, and Taish, we can change that, right? And do like kind of yeah. like what Heidi and Steve done at yes. every year with the boot camp, where we have like uh, a next generation memory modeling boot camp. We're gonna try it. I think that'd be so valuable. Um, yeah. So look for the abstract to be published. Okay, here. and when you get closer, will you do me a favor? Will sure. you you bring the whole panel on here once you kind of have it oh, sorted yeah. together sure. so we can tease it for people who are oh, going yeah, to design sure. con or yeah. whatever because I think that would be a really interesting yeah, conversation. It's a, it's a great group because you think about it. So Herman Ruckerbauer, he started um, in memory design. He's always been in memory. And I think his division got shut down at some point. And that's what forced him to start his own company, I Know How, right? And he's been oh, okay. making interposers for memory forever. There's only a few companies. There's Aztec, there's Nexus, and then I Know How, right? So if you look for interposers for memory, those are the companies really that a lot of people play with. There's a few others, but those are the primary ones most people know. And then mm -hmm. you have Randy White, who's like the memory solutions program manager at Keysight. He's been in this role now for just under two years. He placed Perry Keller. Right, so Perry Keller was there forever. Perry re retired, so he's all things memory at Keysight. And then you have Hisu Lee, who is the memory designer product owner for ADS. So, I mean, these are like it's like the brain trust for memory design. When, it, when you think about, okay, how am I going to model, measure, and make a solution? And I'm the I'm the user, right? So I'm I love memory designer. It's so easy to use. I've been using it for a while, and it's only been around since I think they came out with memory designer in 2019. They were doing the old school ways of, you know, where you had to connect every single net and he, Sue and I would joke, right? Can you imagine if I had to connect a whole entire DDR4 or DDR3 bus and I'm doing this one by one? Because we've done it. No. And then we think about what we do today. Memory designer, it's just like a couple of clicks. Boom, you just connected 70 nets. Done. Yeah. Right? It's, well, it's amazing. Well, that's a good place for me to put a shout out to our sponsor, Keysight Technologies. Specifically, I work with their EDA solution, so the whole Pathway group. And in the show notes, there's a link to their page. And not only are there products, but then they have an amazing resource page. And there's YouTube videos, there's white papers. So when we're talking about where do you go to get some of this stuff, all these people are putting out content because, you know, besides wanting to sell their software, right? They want you to know how to use it and they want to retain you as a customer and so on and so forth. So go to the, um, the pathways page that I've linked in the show notes, and I'm sure you'll find tons of good educational content as well as information on their product. And I know they're coming out with some new products because I'm going to work with them and bring some of that onto the podcast to see kind of what's coming next. 